Hello and welcome to another edition of the Guide Vision Insider Podcast, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes here at Guide Vision and gives you some insights into the world of service now. Uh, my name is Douglas Arianes. I'm the host of the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about uh, DAC, the DAC region with the managing director for the DAC region, Alexander Keim. Alex, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate that. Dobrirano. Dobrirano. And good hey. morning. And did hello. Check. All right. <laughs> did not expect you to have the check going. Well, after one year, that's sort of what the guys in Prague expect, I guess. But that's about everything I can do in Czech, unfortunately. We'll have to work on that. Uh, I'll give you some other phrases like, which is, I'll have another beer. Okay. That <laughs> is a, a pivot, right? Pivot. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming. We're, we're taping this edition in Prague, but you were just in Frankfurt at the recent ServiceNow World Forum. And uh, what was that like? I mean, you gave a presentation there, and uh, I understand that there was quite a bit of stuff going on. Um, and you gave a talk on the topic of, uh, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, it was... Um, using ServiceNow in times of uncertainty or that something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, spot on. What was it, uh, what was it that you were talking about? So, f first of all, g let me give you the background of the event, right? Yeah. So, so the Frankfurt event of ServiceNow, which had a different name uh, in previous times, um, has always been like the number one event in Germany. Yeah. So um, because of COVID, uh, this was the first time after three years that sort of the ServiceNow community regathered in Frankfurt for this spectacular uh, event and um, exchanging opinions and experiences about what happened to everyone after three years. Yeah. We did some of that already in The Hague, where the big knowledge was was set with much more people, but this event in Frankfurt with I think 250 something participants was much more intimate and was very local. So mm -hmm. most of the talks were in German, and for us as a I would say newly established guide vision in Germany with now uh, a team of 14 people, it was an absolute privilege to be the sponsor of this event mm -hmm. and also be an attendant and first and foremost a speaker as well. And I went there with Jan Prochatzka, mm -hmm. uh, our certified master architect in the team. And he, I must say, yeah, he's doing the thinking, I'm doing the talking. So he prepared a very nice presentation about, yeah, managing uncertainty uh, with ServiceNow. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I, I don't want to go too deep into the content here, but it was a big variety. So I, we talked yeah. to the CFO level in terms of, okay, ServiceNow is a big investment. How can you secure your investment? Right. Because this matters in any time, right? Everyone wants to have an ROI on on his solution. Uh, but the, the, the other pillars were really important for the challenges that we have day to day. And I think uh, the energy crisis following COVID, maybe the next crisis is just around the corner. So we never know. I think we mm -hmm. always need to pre be prepared for such scenarios. And with, with a, I would say, permanent and persistent ServiceNow strategy, you can really improve the resilience of your organization. And that was the core theme. And mm -hmm. we gave our audience a lot of examples from our real-life projects before COVID and after and during this particular crisis and maybe the next one, how we, how we respond to that, mm -hmm. right? Um, a key there is agility. agility. So right. do not expect you can plan something for the next three years and then execute so according to that. Always be prepared for new obstacles, right? So when the first companies reopened after COVID, ServiceNow was key to making sure that a safe back-to-workplace policy could be implemented within a matter of weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you, you still had some risks, 
but you also wanted your employees to come back to your home base and meet each other, right? Because also I felt this way when I started Guide Vision, which was almost, uh, it was a bit more than a year ago in September. Mm-hmm. For me, it was actually key. I didn't start earlier. Um, I, I told this to Norbert and Pavel as well, because I was just scared to sit in an office just by myself. I wanted to work with a real team, yeah? And so the um, the times of uncertainty, I think, can can be managed. That's that's the good the good the good um, message here. Uh, but you should not get sidetracked. You should not start with cost containment because there's a crisis, right? If you stop investing in your platforms, they will eventually not be fit for purpose anymore. And that's what we try to convince the audience. And with Guide Vision, you will always have a reliable partner at your hand mm-hmm. that will not just blow your money, but that will very carefully um, and very professionally um, put it to use. Yeah, and in make your investment worthwhile. And that's that's basically what we wanted to set, to tell everyone. Uh, you've got a really unique perspective on the region because already Guide Vision is working with some of the biggest names in German industry. Um, but uh, from your perspective, how is, how is Germany and the DAC region actually han- handling their own digital transformation? Mm. So that is a very, very difficult question because uh, there's a big difference between public sector and commercial sector and even though ServiceNow would actually be a good platform for the public sector, I don't see that coming in the predictable future because of our, I would say, over uh, cautiousness about data residence and data privacy. So I've been trying to position it for quite some time. I mean, I've been in the ServiceNow world uh, ecosystem now since 2008. but I don't see it coming there. And that's that's a problem because for me as a German citizen, I, I miss digital solutions everywhere I go, right? Yeah. Luckily, I already have my passport and I have everything I need in order to make a living. But for everyone who's coming new to Germany, every immigrant, uh, there's a lot of hurdles that we put up um, which need to be solved in a bureaucratic manner, meaning waiting in line until your number comes up. And then I think this is not what an industry nation should be striving for. But in the commercial sector, luckily, yeah, yeah. and this is where our business currently is, it's it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, we have established, well-established traditional companies with a history of more than 100 years, predominantly in the automotive and manufacturing sector, and also in the chemical industry. Uh, and then we have traditional banks and traditional insurances, but they are all challenged now by some new unicorns that are popping up everywhere, like mm-hmm. startups or scale-ups that basically rebuilt what they have done since 100 years in a matter of months or, or, or years, right? We're actually right. working with one of these fintech unicorns already. And it's just amazing how different their technology platform is from the traditional banks that I've seen in my past. I've actually worked for one. Mm-hmm. And um, also the ServiceNow journey is much easier to implement, right? If you have a standard cloud platform already and you work with like standard technology, that's what ServiceNow is built for, right? right? Like out of the box, easy to implement, and you can leverage the major features in three to four months. So the level of digitization in Germany, I think, is on course compared to, I would say, the US market or Asia. We're still way behind the curve. Hmm. Um, but that's also the reason why the big technology players like ServiceNow, but also Microsoft or Salesforce mm-hmm. are not German companies, right? The only truly technology powerhouse we have in Germany is SAP. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously in a different business than ServiceNow, although there is more and more overlaps there as well. 
I think the term is co-optition, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You've recently been uh, very instrumental in a project to bring on new ServiceNow employees or people that have been trained in ServiceNow. Um, I think, uh, I'm not sure how many people you brought or you're, you're, you were training in that, but can you tell us about that? Because that, was, that seems like a really interesting initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it is. And it was one of the, I would say, hardest uh, tricks to solve when I first started because Guide Vision was not a particularly well-known brand in, in my region, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. And the part of that was because we were not present with more than 10, 10 people, right? Mm -hmm. And we had fairly small customers in the past there, um, much bigger names here in, in Czech Republic. But even the German customers uh, knew only the Czech side of GuideVision. So mm -hmm. I still meet customers that don't know that we have an office in Munich now, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to talk more about that on these kind of podcasts. But right. anyway, um, we have... Um, I have started with a core team of three people, mm -hmm. and um, it, it was already a very good peop, uh, team to start with, right? So some of them didn't speak German, though, and uh, my uh, my ambition, and also with my experience in the market, this is one of my key um, uh, entry criteria that our staff members, our future service now talent, speak German, yeah, at mm -hmm. least on like a B1 or B2 level, um, so we can take it to another level. And uh, and even the the ones that uh, have not spoken any German are now getting language courses. So I'm not just like recruiting and forget about the original team. Um, right. These are the guys I'm actually guy boys and girls that I'm starting with, right? And then mm -hmm. we also invest in them to make them German citizens with with the language. I think this is important wow. not just for us as a company, but for them also to really, you know, be grounded in Germany and enjoy the life there and don't have too many obstacles. But part of that, though, is that they not only had to obviously learn the language, but to learn ServiceNow, right? Yeah. And I mean, this this is something that uh, we could have addressed uh, internally because we do have the GuideVision Academy, right? Mm -hmm. But I found out that the GuideVision Academy is not really used to onboard like total newbies, like people that uh, have not heard about ServiceNow maybe three months ago mm -hmm. um, and have their CSA three months later because that's the ultimate goal, right? There's a certain entry certification. It's the Certified Systems Administrator, the CSA. And this is sort of the entry ticket to the ServiceNow universe right once mm -hmm. you have achieved that your market value goes up your customers actually recognize you not as a like deep expert but as like somebody you can give some work to sure and then based on that you can go on with different tracks and achieve more and more um, examinations and certifications so the goal for me is always each of my team members should at least make two or three of these certifications mm -hmm. a year because service now is now evolving into a platform with so many different levels uh, of functionality and tracks, so mm -hmm. customer service management, HRSD, uh, human resources, mm -hmm. service delivery, but also the whole risk management arena, right? And it's expected from a global elite partner like Infosys and GuideVision as a elite partner to have enough people in each of these domains. Mm -hmm. So um, coming back to the, to the newbies, as we call them, yeah, right. we need to start with the CSA exam. But even there, uh, it's not a particularly easy, uh, easy task because we had some experienced hires as well who failed in the exam uh, once or twice before they finally achieved it. So I'm super proud to say that we found a partner, uh, Academic Work. Mm -hmm. uh, they originated from Sweden. And it's a professional provider for uh, staff, but uh, they actually take care of their education before they send them to the customer. So the 
They approach career changers, people who are stuck in a career path mm -hmm. um, and want to change and want to pursue an, a career in IT. And they've done this very successfully in the past for Java developers or so SAP experts. And when they launched a ServiceNow program last year and told me about it, I was immediately uh, interested in that because I said, wow, this might be my my solution, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, I, I, I need to do something locally. I, I think we, we don't have enough talent available on the market for, right. for the growth that we want. So let's invest in some people that, you know, have not been in the ServiceNow universe before. Mm -hmm. And we got seven people out of this program. They have successfully completed end of October. So since 1st of November, they're guide visionaries. And as you said, together we are all chipping in on the talent pool, right? We make small investments because yeah. for each individual it's not so much, right? And you know the demand in the market. So it should be very easy to get a return on this investment. Yeah. So the other, another similar area um, in which ServiceNow is investing heavily to actually deal with this problem of a, a lack of qualified developers um, is in low-code, no-code. Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, you know, ServiceNow is really starting to, to make some, some, some movement in. How do you see that? And what do you see uh, coming with it? Mm -hmm. I think this is a game changer, similar to like um, robotics or artificial intelligence, because it changes the game in a sense that you no longer have to be a programmer in order to deliver great software. I mean, I can talk about my personal experience. I'm, uh, I have a diploma in business information systems, which is a, a German, or the Wirtschaftsinformatik, as we call it in Germany, mm -hmm. right? It's a hybrid degree between business and IT. I have never written a single line of code in my life because I don't enjoy that, mm -hmm. right? I'm not somebody who can pay attention to details for such a long period of time, I'm honest here, mm -hmm. and it's just not in my genes, right? I'm, I'm more uh, a, a business process consulting guy, a marketing and sales guy. Um, and, and so I think it would even give somebody like me now the opportunity to, you know, develop some minimal viable product. Mm -hmm. yeah? um, I don't have the time for that right now, but I'm happy for my team to show me at some point yeah, right. how to do that. Uh, but, but basically the, the, the vision is that, if coming back to our uh, mothers and grandmothers, yeah, that even they could start <laughs> becoming software developers because it's no longer around lines of cokes and, um, uh, and formulas. Mm -hmm. It's about clicks. Yeah. Sure. So also the integration hub is an amazing feature of ServiceNow. You can really, on the graphical user interface, do integrations with other pieces of the platform. Right? Let's not forget ServiceNow is not powerful because ServiceNow is delivering all features on its own. It's powerful because you can easily connect it to Celonis, to SAP, to your systems of record, also to your systems of innovation. And it becomes this ever-growing thing. A system of systems, right? A system of systems, exactly. Or a platform of platforms. Sorry, that's, platform that's the of term platforms. that they want to hear. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Sorry about that, folks. Platform no of platforms. <laughs> so, uh, with uh, going back to the the DAC uh, business environment, um, the have you seen uh, interest in this in in no code, low code? Uh, from from the clients that you're working with, is this an area that they're, or is it still just <clears throat> it's coming? 
uh, to be at the end of the day, this is almost agnostic from what the customer wants. This is just what we do, right? So it's yeah. it's part of our methodology, like our combined three point zero. It's in our D in DNA of, or it should become part of our DNA in delivering uh, code. There will always be customization. We will always need to have the people that really know the details and that know the solution uh, upside down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think for probably 60 to 70% of the future scope, this is good enough. And uh, we, and this is another thing which I think I, I stress when I talk to my customers or soon to be customers, I never want to bring them into a situation where they're completely dependent on us to deliver this, the projects, right? So we, we, we get them up and running, right? We help them in the initial phase of embracing ServiceNow and uh, implementing the solution. But with things like citizen development, low-code, no-code, it's easy to train the staff mm -hmm. to continue your journey that GuideVision started. So for me, this is actually actually vi vital to our business model. Because as I yeah. said, customers are still cost-aware and in times of crisis, even more so. So this whole, the more we can you know, collaboratively work with the customer on getting to the target state, the more cost-efficient it is. And I think the more successful it is because yeah. most of the ServiceNow projects fail because there is no engagement of the employees. It's something new, right? right. We, we talked about this at the event, right? Um, some change programs just focus on uh, like a guidebook, right? Like five pages, so this is where you click hmm. on your computer browser screen. And then all of a sudden, people are trying to use the mobile app. And you're like, hang on, this looks completely different. Where's my yeah. buttons go, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, or we we should also start using, you know, the the series and the the voice agents of this world. Mm -hmm. uh, this was also something I had to get used to, right? So, um, organizational um, change management is key key success factor in every ServiceNow project and mm -hmm. we're this is not something we came up with I think we all agree with all of our competitors and ServiceNow partners on that yeah and uh, I think the low code no code to come back to this topic mm -hmm. is key to success in the future in the last episode of the podcast Nicholas Nielsen was mentioning that one of the things that he does as a delivery manager um, is really to sit with the end users and really involve them from day one um, that's just a, a really like a what he calls a best practice um, and you know so wouldn't uh, is this part of your working method like what how does how does your life cycle uh, for a project go our life cycle depends on the budget of the customer right mm -hmm. uh, so I can only give them options like a menu to choose from right but I never come with a menu without training so it's if, if, if they choose, and they can also choose when is the right time to start this initiative, mm -hmm. um, we can always provide them this on-the-ground training or virtual training, right? So we have to understand that many of our customers are also now sitting in remote locations and in home offices, right? So sure. you need to come up with new concepts um, about how to deliver that kind of change to an organization in this remote setup. Mm -hmm. And here I must say, we don't have too much hands-on experience. Uh, but I think we're getting there very mm -hmm. quickly, right? Because the, the, it's all about the content and GuideVision with its long track record of ServiceNow projects has a really solid knowledge base. It's now just a matter of finding a nice moderator maybe, yeah, or a lecturer <laughs> who can transport this in an entertaining way over Teams or Zoom. Yeah, right, that's, right. that's my challenge. And But again, that this also comes back to the talent pool, right? So I have now 14 people 
there's now new guys and girls that can take this up. It's mm -hmm. actually something that a junior consultant can do really well. And yeah, so if customers want that, they can get it for sure. Excellent. How did you come to ServiceNow? I mean, this <laughs> is, you know, uh, you'd mentioned your past as a business systems a business process. Business process I was yeah. many. I had many roles in my okay. life. Yeah. But how did you? How did you first uh, first find it? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I actually started as a ServiceNow customer. So I was uh, for five years an IT program manager at Deutsche Bank, uh -huh. and Deutsche Bank was one of the first enterprise customers of size for ServiceNow in the Fred Luddy days. Uh, in Europe, uh -huh. and it was part of a outsourcing deal with IBM, yeah, mm -hmm. the so-called summer deal, and my first bigger program, uh, because I was quite junior at the time, we talk about 2006, 2007, mm -hmm. uh, was an ITIL alignment, yeah, so we transformed the entire organization, uh, first in Europe and then in APAC. Uh, according to ITIL standards, right? Mm -hmm. We changed everything, like from reporting lines to behaviors to processes. And then Deutsche Bank was looking to a tool to support that change and make it sustainable. And guess what? We selected ServiceNow. And I remember I was sitting in Sydney at the time uh, as a test user, UAT, yeah, full on. Uh, product has been uh, deployed in London for quite some time, and we were sort of the last ones to give the final go. But because Sydney and London are not directly next to each other and our network at the time was quite slow, we had huge latency. So it was basically open ticket, click, go grab a coffee, come back to your <laughs> desk after one minute and ah, yeah, now the, you know, now I can fill out the form. Um, those days are gone. I think uh, yeah. Sydney also has a ServiceNow data center now. Um, but that was my start, right? And um, I think what, what probably um, it was different in my experience from the ones from from Norbert and Pavel, right? Since I was not a techie, mm -hmm. I the, only the guide vision founders. Norbert. The guide vision founders yeah. of yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, I, I did not understand the true technology potential of this platform. For me, it was just a ticketing tool, to be honest. Yeah, uh -huh. and many customers still perceive it as such. Yeah, so we need to again uh, branding. So we need to really work on that. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 this was my my entry into the ServiceNow world. I also started to you know. Um, uh, be acquainted with you know the ServiceNow team members, uh, the sales people, the people in Germany, and in 2017, actually after a tenure at Gartner, where mm -hmm. we massively uh, okay, I need to be careful. It's not propagate, right? But Gartner does a lot of independent analyst reports, right. and for some reason, ServiceNow always shows up on the the magic quadrant, <laughs> magic quadrant in the top right hand corner as a leader. And so, in this sense, um, it it is it is well deserved. So it is actually almost uh, a solution without alternatives. And I found that out at my days at Gartner, mm -hmm. and then together with. Uh, an, um, and from a colleague, I have started another ServiceNow partner in Frankfurt, really uh -huh. small, like we had eight employees. Then we started a business in Poland. So uh -huh. basically what I'm doing now in DACH, I'm just repeating that story. Yeah, and because I've done it before COVID, yeah. then COVID hit us hard. So I stopped that engagement. And uh, But I was quite happy to come back to the ServiceNow family um, after that break. And yeah, here I am at GuideVision. So we've talked about a little bit about your past, and you, you've got a pretty good history with ServiceNow. Um, how do you see it developing in in the Dock region? Wow! Um, so and and, and uh, by extension, then how do you see the uh, the Guide Vision Dock 
uh, <clears throat> business going? So I think this is very simple, right? So yeah. if you listen to Ulrich Nehammer, uh, President of the Officer, is now. Um, he said, uh, we're probably just explore 10% of the addressable market in our region, right? Mm -hmm. We keep saying this since I know ServiceNow, yeah? And I think yeah. at the time they only had 1%, yeah? Or less. So um, I think in the Forbes 500 universe, so the big major blue chip companies, we're pretty much not at the end of the journey, right? But uh -huh. everyone's everyone's got it right now, right? It's now just a matter of making them aware of, you know, the additional services uh, like HRSD and so on. So the Indus topic industry of the year, solutions as industry, well, right? so, uh, industry solutions, and um, we'll come to that when yeah. I talk about the role that I want Guide Reason to play. Um, so there is so much potential out there, not just for us, but for all the partners, right? And um, many customers keep repeating the same, like start, you know, just being in a competition with each other. Try to, for example, work on that global talent pool that we can finally deliver these projects uh, with the right skills in a meaningful time frame. Then we're happy to engage you and another partner because sometimes somebody needs to take care of APEC, somebody needs to take care of Europe. So we're, I think, and this is now the guide vision story, I'm, I'm very open um, about our market entry, right? I'm not particularly focused right now with my own sales team yeah. on these saturated markets like the manufacturing and the uh, traditional financial services. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, we're there when customers need us and request us, but I'm actually now trying to explore this remaining 90%, which in my view is companies like Celendo, um, who are sort of the equivalent of Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have said, okay, Salando will you know, become a multi-billion um, business uh, with just, I don't know how many employees they have, but let's say they have 500 many. or 1,000, yeah. <laughs> they usually always have like, not enough, like, not, like our FinTech uh, uh, customer has a bit over 1,000 employees, yeah. However, they make similar, like Salando makes similar revenue like H&M with hundreds of branches all across the world, right? Mm -hmm. And I can take give you other examples. Air, Airbnb has almost the same amount of overnight stays than the whole Hilton group, but they don't own their assets, right? right? They don't own the hotels. So for me, this is a tremendously interesting market because I think in order to scale and in order to keep the quality of their services, they absolutely need service now, yeah. right? Um, and, and so this is where, where Guide Vision Germany will be moving because also this is, for me, uh, in response to the current crisis, I think a lot of the traditional companies for the um, uh, reasons I already gave, and now on top of that comes the cost for energy, yeah, will have to cut down on their IT budgets. Mm. But I see still a lot of well-funded companies out there that yeah. are just on the verge of becoming big global players and you know why should you not apply the same solution to them like to your uh, traditional sure. companies yeah and I mean, so, if you're delivering value anyway then exactly <laughs> and then you also know one of our our customer stories which i'm probably not able to share here but there was one particular german company yeah that was a game changer in the whole corona uh, strategy so these are the companies i'm talking about yeah agility and flexibility are really really key then yeah um i think you know uh yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how, uh, you know, they talk about the multi-crisis and, you know, your uh, your talk yesterday was also talking about how you can really deliver that value um, with, you know, with the, the ServiceNow platform that you already have in place in many cases. Um, the last thing I was going to ask you about is hyper-automation. 
Because, I mean, that just sounds like such a, a strange thing. Like the robots are going to come and do everything for us, right? <laughs> um, yeah, right. This is like the same analogy. Like, yeah, our company is no longer a bank. It's like an IT platform. It's yeah. just like, yeah. There's and and actually Gartner came up with this term. My my previous employer, as you know, right. Um, so hyper automation for me is a term for a lot of mega trends, but yeah. also for small changes. Yeah, um, I think the best example I have right now for hyper automation is the ABBA concert I was uh, attending in London. Right, so there was uh, four avatars on the stage that so looked wait, like you, you saw ABBA. In I London. saw ABBA in London okay. in in uh, in the ABBA Voyage Theater, um, okay. which is in London Stratford. And I went there with my wife because she's from Sweden and she's a diehard ABBA fan, like probably everyone in Sweden. I'm not sure if you asked Lucas, my Swedish colleague, if he likes ABBA. Usually it's more for the girls. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, Everybody loves I, ABBA. Thought, I thought it's, it's a good idea. She will love this, right? And, and we went there and I, I'm not a particularly, I would say, publicly open ABBA fan as such, but I was interested in the technology because mm -hmm. seriously, they managed to bring four avatars on the stage that were just following an AI algorithm did their show like they have done like 30, 40 years ago with the same passion, with the same mimics, with the same lyrics and it was like you were there, right? So, and they could do this simultaneously in Tokyo, in Munich, in Prague, yeah? yeah. All you ha need to have is this equipment that they have for the stage and, right. and, and the software. So, I think we're already quite progressed with hyper automation, right? At if least you, it, when it comes to ABBA. ABBA better, you know, they, they better watch their jobs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think they make good money with that. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and so does uh, George Lucas and his team, who are obviously right. behind the technology there. Um, but coming back to the ServiceNow universe, this is really something that we um, need to work on because hyper automation strongly depends on the right information. So if we keep uh, for example, relying on real physical agents in a call center, hyper-automation will be very hard to achieve because you need really, really, really accurate um, speech-to-text algorithms right. solutions to make sure that the information is, you get is actually converted to something you can convert to zeros and ones, right? So, um, but as soon as we get them, to, for example, to talk to Siri, Mm -hmm. She will do the job, or we get them to talk to a bot. You have much easier way to give the ticket the right category to mm -hmm. even maybe think, you know, three, four steps further for the customer because usually yeah. the customer gives you one particular issue. Yeah. Uh, however, you need to solve at least three other problems that the customer is not even aware of that uh, aware of. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say logistical challenges are a great example, like your parcel delivery, mm -hmm. right? Um, we have just moved, for example, um, to a different location in our village, and I have ordered a new laptop from Microsoft, mm -hmm. and I forgot to update my address. So I was not able, uh, like I, I now got the confirmation that yeah. it's being delivered. I have changed my address like weeks ago, but the logistics provider was not aware of that, right? So it's going to go to my old location. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I still know my neighbors, so they will hopefully take care of that package. But, you know, I, but, you know, I as, an, as a workflow guy, I yeah. understand what's behind that. Yeah. But my mother would have a really hard time to make that playing out in her favor. Right? See, I was, I was going to actually use this as an opportunity to say, you know, if you had Parcel Go 
by by guide vision, you might have you, you know might have had a different solution in place. Parcel Go uh, is the solution that guide vision makes that integrates exactly. uh, with uh, with ServiceNow and shipping, and and, and seamlessly, right? So yeah. I think these over the air updates would be feasible with our solution. Exactly, right? Yeah. So. Um, and, and this is where I see hyper-automation go. So it, 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 it would basically be um, dependent on companies to stop optimizing processes just within their own realm, like within their own process universe. Yeah. So yeah, with the analogy Microsoft and shipping company, right. yeah, there was something not thought end-to-end -end in yeah. that journey. And, yeah. and hyper-automation can only work when we cross these boundaries. And that eventually, essentially means that all of these companies need to use ServiceNow. And then we can deliver on the hyper-automation products. Excellent. Uh, Alex Keim, direct, Managing Director for DAC. Uh, for Guide Vision. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, I, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm looking forward to actually going with you to see this ABBA show, or if they come to Prague. And they better come to Prague because I'm, I'm a big ABBA fan. Okay, awesome. And, and thanks for being honest about it. <laughs> Excellent. That's cool. You've been listening and watching uh, the Guide Vision Insider Podcast, uh, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes uh, here at Guide Vision and into the world of ServiceNow. Our guest, Alexander Keim, Managing Director at uh, for Guide Vision Germany or Guide Vision Doc. Um, you can catch the, the podcast episodes. We have all of them on YouTube, on uh, the major podcast platforms, and on the Guide Vision website. Thanks again for watching and listening, and we'll catch you again very, very soon.